I will read a couple of verses from Isaiah, which again reinforces what we've been reading and what we've been singing. This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. If you remember from your history books, we've, we've had Stalin, we've had Hitler, we've had Mussolini, we've had Pol Pot, we've had, Ma- we've had Mao Zedong and other minor tyrants. And what has happened to them? God has chosen the moment for them to die or for the moment that they are replaced by someone else in their nations. God is in control of that. And what... what real strength that gives to us and a real blessing to know that these people strut around the world stage they think perhaps that they own the place they think that they're going to um, bring in a new day for their country or for their political system but it cannot last because God is in charge he is in control however proud and arrogant and successful they may appear to be God has the last word, and we can thank him for that. Right. We live in troubled times at the moment. As far as I'm aware, the last time that we, the world thought that it was on the brink of another world war, it would have been the Third World War probably, not since 1962, where... There was the Cuban Missile Crisis. We thought there was a there was a conflict between USA and the Soviet Union. That was the last time, and people were on a knife edge. They were listening to the radio or to the television. How is this going to go? What's going to be the result? The discussions between JF Kennedy and Khrushchev were taking us right to the wire. But thank God. Those discussions proved fruitful and there was no third world war. But at the moment, we have political instability. We have economic uncertainty. And we have the two hotspots that I mentioned before. Mainland China and the Republic of Taiwan could easily escalate into the invasion of Taiwan at which point it's quite likely that the USA would intervene and nuclear weapons would be involved. And, of course, what's going on in the Ukraine as well? At first of all, when the, as you know, the, the Russian troops went in, Vladimir uh, Putin was telling the world about these awful and very powerful new nuclear weapons which could reach uh, Europe, Western Europe, and do awful damage, the like of which, he said, we've never seen before. So we're, we are living in troubled times, and 
the world has become a more unstable and a more dangerous place. Now, what, what it's done for people in this country is that people who, us included probably, we've been living a fairly predictable life. Everything carries on more or less as usual. But within the space of a little more than six months, our daily lives and what we think about what's going to happen in our future and the future of this country has been thrown into turmoil and anxiety. However, however, thankfully and reassuringly, God says to us what he's always said through the prophets, the apostles of Jesus, and through Jesus Christ himself. God's word always speaks to us, and although it doesn't always mention specific uh, areas of the world, specific problems that there may be, we can look at the principles of what God does tell us and draw our own conclusions and realise that, once again, God is in control. The truth that Jesus spoke in Judea around about 2,000 years ago has the same authority and validity today as it had when he was walking about the earth. And in the midst of today's current uncertainty and fear, it's more important than ever to remind ourselves of one of the most vital and urgent warnings that Jesus ever spoke. So what is this urgent warning that, he, that Jesus spoke? And once again, it's very applicable to what has been going on uh, over the well, in, in terms of China and Taiwan for several years, in terms of Ukraine and Russia, just for a bit over six months. This is what Jesus said. You can look at it if you look up. It's Matthew 10, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. It's just one or two verses. This is what Jesus says to his hearers. Do not fear those who can kill who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What can the tyrants and the leaders and the armed forces of the world do? What can they do to individuals like you and me? Well, the worst thing they can do, they can end our lives by killing us. That's it. Okay, they might throw in some torture, which will be awful. Nobody likes to think of that. But the worst they can do is kill our bodies. And if you're a believer, if you've come to realise sometime in your life that there's this great potential for evil, for uh, rebelling against God, and if you're aware that you have, been, you have lived an ungodly life, that you're a rebel against God, you don't like the thought of living for God 
and handing over your life to him. You want to be independent. You want to be the master, the captain of your own ship. But if you have come to the conclusion that you're really quite an unpleasant character, you're really quite a nasty person, you look back perhaps over your life and you think, grief, if only I could live my life again. If only I had the opportunity to learn from the mistakes that I've made. Learn not to hurt people with my words or my actions. Then you would do that. Probably everybody here would say, if I could have a second chance, if I could learn by my mistakes, then grief, I'd grab that second chance and have a new life. But we know that's not possible. However, However, that again is an encouragement. The fact that another person, all they can do is to end our life. And if we are a Christian, if we've realised we need forgiveness, if we realise we need reconciliation with God, if we realise we need to have a new birth, we need to be born again, if we realise that we need God's Holy Spirit to live in our life and help us to change from within. And we're not, I'm not talking, and as we know, we're not talking about simply joining perhaps um, a society for the restoration of public morality. We, it, it's nothing to do with that. We're not simply, we're not simply trying to uh, improve ourselves. There's plenty of people who do that. Plenty of people who think that they should be good, moral, upright people but who would not consider, not think about humbling themselves before God, coming to God through the Lord Jesus Christ and saying, look, I need forgiveness, I need to to be cleansed of my sin. No, we're not setting up some new um, organisation to improve public morality. We're coming to God through Jesus Christ and saying, I need to be changed. I hate what I've been, I hate what I've done. I need forgiveness from God. I need forgiveness from all those people that I've hurt. And the battle, the battle that takes place every single day in our lives, probably every single hour in our lives, is a personal battle with temptation and with sin. And it's a far greater battle than all of the all of the. battles there were in the First and Second World War, the Vietnam War, the Korean War, all of these, uh, and the Falklands War, and all of the battles that there will be, the battle that's going on in the lives of individual men men and women and boys and girls. It's, It's an invisible battle, we know, don't we? Probably most of us have never picked up a rifle, let alone used it to shoot someone. I'm sure we haven't. It's an invisible battle, It's a spiritual battle, but it's a battle between God and the devil. And that battle is worked out in the lives of individual men and women and boys and girls. So all of, all Vladimir Putin can do, all Xi Jinping, I think roughly a right translation, all of they and their their armed forces can do is to kill our body. But what, what is the greatest battle that
that has ever been fought. What is the greatest battle? And the greatest and most important and most significant battle that's ever been fought? Well, we probably, most of us know that. It's the, it's the battle that was fought on the cross. We, we heard just a, a 20 minutes ago or so that the devil's scheme was to end the life of Jesus. He planned, he persuaded um, the Jewish religious leaders to cooperate with, the, with uh, some of the Roman governors. His aim was to kill Jesus. But it didn't work out. All he was doing, as I mentioned earlier, was to be used as a pawn in God's perfect plan. And when God decides on a plan, he sees it through right to the end and it will always be successful. And it was successful in the life of Jesus. Yes, Jesus was killed, but it was the way in which God was able to forgive sinners like us. He was killed physically and the Father laid upon Jesus all of the sins and the evil and the filth that we have committed. There was no other way which people like us could be forgiven. Our sin had to be taken away. But even if our sin was taken away, we'd still have that old nature that promotes us to do what is wrong. We had to have a new start. We had to be cleansed. And so the Bible makes it clear that God took our sins, laid them on Jesus. He was punished. He was killed on our behalf. We received his righteousness. So we can stand before God. We can stand before the Father. He looks at us. He doesn't see our filth. He doesn't see our awful record of rebellion against him. He sees the holiness and the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, subsequent to that, we are born again. God's Holy Spirit comes to live in us, comes to change us from within and make us new people. Again, I'm sure those of us who are Christians here, we can look back on what we were like when we first became a Christian. And, hopefully, we see ourselves today. And if we're honest, we know we're still a long way short of what we should be or what we could be. But we can detect the work of God's Holy Spirit within us, speaking to our conscience, speaking to our mind, taking the truth of what we read in the Bible, taking the truth of what we hear in a Bible study or a sermon, and applying it to our minds causing us to change the way we think and change the way we live. So the death of Jesus was not in vain. And today, if you're here and you're not a Christian yet, Jesus will accept you. He's glad to accept you. He holds his arms out, as it were, to say, come to me. If you repent, if you're sincere, then you can be forgiven, but you need to put that your trust wholly and completely in Jesus, believing that he died for you. And that was the only way that God could open the gates of heaven and let you come in. You had to be a new person. If anyone is in Christ, he is or she is 
a new person. A new day has dawned in their life. Okay, we'll sing um, now in the blue book again, hymn number 682. 682.